0: you earn a living you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life, but do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion-dollar valuation of Balogun Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPO. Let's talk about Hello, Broad Street, Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded at an all-time high of... And Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I will spend on fuel on fuel hmm. was four thousand. Balogo and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. Lagos, at uh, almost three minutes past five, I've got my guests back on the show. I've got Tunji back on the show, uh, as well as Abimbola and Justin. We started this conversation last week, and um, it's a conversation that I feel is quite timely, given that more and more Nigerians are putting their money or are very curious about what to put their money into. Now, this is a business show for you. On Balogun and Broad, We talk about how the issues in the news affect businesses of all sizes and the people who work um, for these businesses. Now, how do you spot investment scams? How do you spot investment scams? Last week, we talked about investment and employment scams, but we agreed that we'll continue the conversation today and focus mostly on investment scams. And it brings us to our business um, hard fact for the day. According to the NBS, Nigeria's inflation rate is currently 18.12%. And we've been seeing double-digit inflation for years now. Simply put, your money doesn't buy as much today as it did yesterday. Meanwhile, most salaries have not been keeping up with inflation and the value of the Naira itself has been falling. So for a lot of Nigerians, money is not going as far as it used to go. And this is making more and more people turn to investments to grow their money. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's exposing more and more Nigerians to investment scams. So we'll look at how the scams work. We'll look at what signs to look out for. We'll look at how to verify whether an investment or employment scheme is a potential scam. And all our guests from last week are joining us again. So we've got Justin Rabo, who's a software engineer. We've got an investment analyst um, from Chapel Hill Investment. And we've also got... Um, Co-founder of Awaba, a micro uh, pensions scheme, Tunji Andrews. Hopefully, he joins us over the over Skype. We've been trying to call him, but it's not connecting. But we do have Abimbola, uh, Omotola, and Justin Rabot right here on the phone with us. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Good afternoon, Sandra, and thanks for having us back.
0: I don't know if Justin can hear me though.
1: Hello, Sandra. Oh, fantastic. All right, great.
0: (laughs) I'm good. How's everybody doing? Yeah, pretty great. Lagos, I want to hear from you as well. Do you have questions about an investment you're trying to make at the moment? Um, Have you been caught by an investment scam? Um, What do you want to know about making wiser investment decisions? Now, I've asked this question last week, but I have to ask again, Abimbola, what's the difference between a scam investment and a bad investment?
1: (coughs) Uh, Thanks once again, Sandra. Uh, So we are trying to differentiate between a bad investment and a scam investment. Right. So a bad investment typically occurs when you make an investment either into a financial product or a scheme. And your assumed returns do not materialize. That's if, let's say you are planning to, to make, for instance, saw so what happened in the crypto market, you know, this, this, this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a typical example of a bad investment. Mm. So your plan was to make money uh, by buying crypto. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we saw a massive, a massive pullback in the crypto market. So same thing could, could apply to when you buy equity securities, for instance, on the mm. stock exchange. Mm-hmm. So your plan was to make a positive return but it might not turn out to be so. So that would be a bad investment. Essentially, when your hazard returns or your predicted returns or your planned returns do not materialize. Hmm. So that happens to every investor no matter how experience you have. Even if you speak to Warren Gopet, the, the so-called uh of Umaha, the, the same investor, he has made a couple of bad investments in his lifetime.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but when you have the time investment, that is easy there, there have been a misrepresentation or a breach of trust in the process of trying to get uh, money from you, in the process of you trying to commit to an investment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, a typical example, um, I would say, is a, is a Ponzi scheme. So, that is some investment, right? Mm-hmm. Or if... Or, 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 um, or, or, or let's say somebody promises you to, to help you invest uh, in the FX market mm-hmm. or in the crypto market, but mm-hmm. well, the person ends up defrauding you mm-hmm. by not actually putting that money into 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 where uh, he or she has committed to do so. Essentially, mm-hmm. it can be investments of course when there has been misrepresentation in order to elicit uh, also solicit funds. From you, so there's a difference between the two. Now uh, let, let, let's yeah.
0: stay let's stay on the point uh, on this point about the difference between bad investments and scamming investments. People see um, a stock market crash or they see an asset class um, crashing, maybe because there was a bubble and it burst. And they see that and they say, "Uh hey, it's just like Ponzi now. Uh And it seems to me that this is part of what makes a lot of people feel like there's no difference. So, um, could you please explain why volatility in the stock market Uh or with asset classes doesn't Uh mean that these are scams, like a Ponzi scheme? Okay. So, so, so
1: for the so the, the difference between the two mm. is simply about what we describe as uh, fundamentals, and I will explain that. Mm. So when you buy into a stock, for instance, you are buying based on um, based on expectations of future cash flow in mm. that investment. That is when, when you buy into a company, for instance. That company exists, uh, you know, as we as we can assume. And that company is a growing concern. It's mm-hmm. running the business on a day-to-day basis. It's mm-hmm. selling the product. Uh, it exists. It's it the return on the stock exchange. Mm-hmm. So, in, in, in the in, the, in the real sense of things, that company has, has a tangible fundamental backing in it. It is creating value. I think that's what I'm looking for.
2: Okay. What you are
1: investing in is creating value. It is value additive. Mm. So if the company you bought, for instance, is in existence, is creating value on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. then it is not a term investment, I say, if you invested and you lost money, mm. right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you invest in something that is not creating value, Right, mm-hmm. uh, So let's say you invest in the Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. There is no value creation In the Ponzi scheme right. The person who is collecting money from you To run a Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. Essentially the only business In the is to take money from you To pay someone else back mm. It's not creating any value
2: mm-hmm.
1: Now that is a scam investment So the question you have to ask yourself is What I'm investing in Be it a stock, be it a real estate asset um, Be it um so I, I don't want to dive into the area of crypto because it's quite controversial. Mm. So some people believe, you know, there is a real validation process in the crypto market. Mm-hmm. That is some of the some of the crypto coins, the, the, the tokens. They are creating value one form or the other. Mm-hmm. That could be in the payment process of, uh, of software development, ATC. But some do not believe. So I'm not going to go into that. Mm. But when we are talking about the traditional investment and the alternatives,
2: right?
1: If they are creating value, then uh, you can say, this is, um, and, and you lost money in the process, for instance. Right. Yeah, Amazon, if you bought Amazon, Amazon has lost money today. But Amazon creates value to the businesses. So that's why that's why it's time investment. But right. But if you invest in a Ponzi scheme, there is no value creation. The only thing involved in Ponzi scheme is to take money from Mr. K to to Mr. B. Right. With no value created. Right.
0: Right. Okay. Now, let me come to Justin. How literate, Justin, do you think people are about investing? Where do you think people get most most of their investment advice? For, for example, has the internet and social media made people more investment savvy or more misinformed or both?
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, I, 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 I think that's a very good question, mostly because in general, people the world over are investment ignorant, so they do not know a lot about money and how it works. Hmm. What the internet has done, I would say, is just expose more people to opportunities to invest. Hasn't done a lot in terms of educating those people. So they have the opportunities, it's much easier for people to invest. Um, 10 years ago, if you wanted to get into the stock market, you had to have a stock broker, and it's like a whole complex process, and now you can just do it through a third-party broker app, right? Mm -hmm. Mm It, it, it doesn't fix the knowledge gap problem, and so we see the the fallout of this. Mm-hmm. Now, as as um, Abimbola has mentioned very astutely, the, there's no there is no real way, honestly speaking, mm-hmm. to tell the difference between a scam and uh, and uh, and a bad investment, except through knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Ex- externally, they they look the same. Mm-hmm. So. That's why people make this associative problem where they say a bad investment is scam investment. That's mm-hmm. because the the end goal is the same. People lose money, mm-hmm. and as far as people are concerned, if I lost money, it went into somebody else's pocket, and that person was the person who defrauded me. And a lot of this this ignorance can be filled by you know individual research. And um, um, I, I think that you know people people do not care enough, but also the only way they can care is to become investors. So you know there might be like a lagging effect where the very first one or two investments from any one person who is mm. who is you know striking out on their own mm. is going to be a bad investment, mm. probably a scam investment as well. But you know it, it kind of gives them an incentive to learn. So you know I would say if you if you are a person you know you don't understand the fundamentals of the markets you're investing in, mm. and you know that your knowledge is sad and you're not you don't feel inclined to do so, but you want to be an investor, mm-hmm. invest. In, so just look up the risk associated with different kind of investment instruments mm. right and pick the one that is that fits your risk profile so if you're a conservative person you don't want to take a lot of risk you know so you have like really stable investment instruments that don't give a lot of yield mm-hmm. but you can be sure that your money is not just going to disappear in the mm-hmm. middle of the night mm-hmm. and then that's we give you the incentive to start learning about how money works mm. right how value is created and how value is redistributed to the to the investors you know and that kind of thing will help you close the gap in your knowledge. And then, you know, a few years down the line, you can then take on bigger bets and make bigger risks. Mm. But but to me, you know, that is, how it, that is how it happened for me. And so that's like my most conservative way of telling people, is, you know, you won't know until you know. Mm. And if you want to know, the best way to know is to, you know, have hands-on experience. But also don't bet your life savings at the beginning because you know absolutely nothing. And there are people who are more who are much smarter than you in the market, gaining everything that can be gained. And hmm. you don't want to like be part of the roadkill when this to roll everybody over. <laughs> so, so,
0: yeah. Do Nigerians suffer from some sort of magical thinking when um, investment and money are involved? Or do you think people are intimidated by the research, Justin?
1: Yes, I think so. But I also think it's, uh, it's deliberate on the part of the... Money managers. Okay. Um. I think I think
0: they are incentivized to. <laughs> to, to I wonder to, how Abimbala feels about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I said that, I was thinking of him. <laughs> I was
0: thinking of pushback on this. that. Okay. Yeah, when Justin is <laughs> done, he'll respond. Justin. Yeah,
1: because because last year when I was trying to, I was speaking with um, a financial manager mm-hmm. about money and crypto specifically, mm-hmm. and I I was just telling him I did not understand how it works. And he told me, it is easier than it sounds, right? But some people are incentivized to make it look more difficult. So you need you need financial assistance. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not demonizing. In fact, everybody needs some form of like high-level financial assistance. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the, the idea that this form of knowledge is unattainable mm-hmm. is what makes people um, easily deceived. Mm -hmm. Like I'm never gonna understand it, so I might as well not try, and I just hope for the best. And there's there's a middle ground in between where you can understand the fundamentals of Mm -hmm. the market because Mm -hmm. all every every amount of every investment engine that you are part of has a market and has its own dynamic. Right. Mm. And you, you should do as much as possible, maybe mm. not as much as the professionals, but so mm. should do as much as possible to understand how value is created and how value is redistributed mm. and exactly where you exist in the whole ecosystem. Mm. If you do not understand that then you think you will be part of the whole magical thinking, mm. we we'll put our money inside, then something someone will happen and then we'll get a cut <laughs> That that is how you get swindled and that's mm. how you cannot tell difference between a bad investment mm. is scam investment, you know. And so, you know, people people need to do away with that kind of knowledge and I think that You know, it starts with other people who are way higher up on the totem Mm. telling them it's not that difficult. To pick up some of these
0: fundamentals. Lagos, if you just joined in, you're listening yeah. to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria info. Uh, every Wednesday at 5, we bring you a business segment. We call it Balogun and Broad because it's targeted at businesses of all sizes and it takes on issues in the news that affect businesses and the people who work for these businesses. And today we're teaching you how you can spot an investment scam. We started last week by talking about how you can spot, both an employment scam and in, an investment scam, but today we're focusing on investment scam alone because that one is getting a lot of um, airplay. Now, we've got a software engineer who has um, had to teach himself, and that's why he's on the show today, Justin uh, Irabo. We've also got an investment... Um, Banker Investment Analyst who's on the show with us today from um, uh, Chapel Hill, Denham. And um, his name is Abimbola Omotola. Abimbola, you said you were going to respond to what um, Justin said earlier
1: on. Yes, yes. Yes. i think justin actually made a very good point okay um i also agree that there is a very big uh, knowledge gap okay. that I exist, um in the financial services industry today mm-hmm. uh but i wouldn't necessarily lay all the blame on the capital markets operators because i believe that um i mean it actually wants to blame it. blame put all the blame on a particular point of society I probably blame our education sector, you know, which has only equipped enough people on, on on financial on financial literacy. Uh, but, but I do know that the regulator is trying to do something regarding this, uh, the SEC, uh, to improve financial literacy. And uh, I think that the capital markets operators can also step up their efforts to uh, to transform as possible to 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 bridge that gap of financial literacy. But I said say that. Uh, we also have to recommend the fact that we are living in a more um, information decentralized world. So, there's a lot of information available uh, left, you know, right and center. Hmm. Uh, essentially, you have information jumping right at you. Hmm. So, so, you also have to, so, so as an investor, you also have to try to do the due diligence required of you hmm. to make sure that you make the right choice. Uh, your 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 capital market operator, the person you are dealing with, does not necessarily have the fiduciary duty to teach you everything on financial literacy. So so it's mandated to teach you, you know, the risk and return profile of whatever products or service that is being offered to you. That is fiduciary. So if I'm selling you equity and to tell you this is the return profile, this is the risk profile. But I, I don't have the fiduciary duty to actually tell you everything you need to know on financial literacy. So I think in as much as in our own personal life, we try to educate ourselves to get better as a person, uh, you know, in wanting all the other. I think we also have to inculcate the habit of actually learning financial literacy because it matters a lot. This is our finances. Um, you know, so try as much as possible. If you can lay your hands on the book on, uh, on personal finance, please do so. If you can go on Google or YouTube, for instance, to, you know, read up one or two things, please do so. The more knowledge you have, the more power you have. Um, so, so, so that's my view on that. We have to do better as an industry. I quite agree with that. We also have to do better in terms of, you know, taking personal responsibility of our investment decisions by actually learning or trying to get better on personal finance and uh, uh, financial literacy.
0: Okay, Lagos. Let's talk, shall we? The number to call is uh, 993 for men, and for women, zero one four six five seven one nine zero. What questions do you have about investment scams? Have you ever been caught by an investment scam? What do you want to know about making wiser investments? Zero one four six five seven one nine zero. Women, call me on that number. Zero one. Four six five seven one nine zero. Men, call me on zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. 993 There's obviously WhatsApp and Facebook where we're streaming live. Facebook Nigeria, Info 99.3. WhatsApp 080 We've got Success on the line. Hello, Success. Thank you for calling. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome. Yeah, I've heard what
1: your guest said. Mm. I want to ask, there's one investment that people are not looking at, Mm -hmm. which is called MMM. Okay. That is network marketing. Mm -hmm. What is your view about it, please? MMM. MLM.
0: MLM, okay. Network marketing, M L like L for Lagos, huh? Yes. Okay, all right. Multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. Thank you very much for calling. I think I'm just going to take a couple more calls and then we'll just pile on the questions. 99.3, hello? Hello? Sorry about that. Call back if you can. Hello, thank you for calling. Oh, no, sorry about that. Okay, that's my cue. Abimbola, what's MLM? Hello, Abimbola?
1: Hi, Sandra.
0: What's MLM?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not so familiar.
0: Multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. Yes, that is financial product. I don't know. That's what he said. Uh, okay. I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to try to find out. Okay, I, so I, he, maybe he'll call back and um, explain what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. In in
1: means I can try to to contribute to
0: that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Justin, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So multi-level marketing is one of those. Um, 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 marketing marketing uh, it's a a, a whole business and investment um, vertical that people tend to equate with pyramid schemes Mm
2: -hmm. right
1: and so it has like a blight on it but it isn't particularly pyramid scheme Um, the way that it works is that uh, you have someone or a group of people who are selling a product Mm -hmm. right and they bring in other people to help them sell the product kind of like
0: Swiss gold
1: yes precisely Uh. you know uh, so, so your your customers are your marketers. That's why it's called it's multi-level marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing by different levels and mm-hmm. different stages. Mm-hmm. So, with every every new entrance into the scheme is uh, is uh, it's another node, another location that technically they have uh, a sales representative. And so, if I bring in somebody, all the sales that that person makes, a percentage of that person's profits come to me. So that person is also incentivized to bring in more people. So the more people you bring in, the more your your dividends accrue,
2: hmm. right?
1: And so that's how it works. So depending on where you are, ultimately, then forms the shape of the pyramid. Obviously, um, depending on where you are, you know, you can you can you can derive a lot of value.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so multi-level marketing. The, the reason why it people try to separate it from a scam is that it actually give some value in the sense that you have customers buying something
2: mm-hmm.
1: right just like you mentioned I don't know if it's the Swiss gold thing but I think everybody sells something
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah so that's that's it I personally um, I'm averse to it mostly because I do not know how to sell <laughs> but I can say categorically that my mom was part of one of these things when I was a kid and she made a lot of money from it so it's um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's tricky because the only value that comes from it is how much you can sell, mm. right? And that's like every every other work or job thing. So it's not really a
0: scam per se. It's not really like, a scam, okay? Yeah, some
1: some scams model themselves after the MLM thing, so it's really dicey. Mm. But on its own, is not before
0: the scam. hmm okay yeah. so so I think what we're gonna do after the break because we're, we're about to take a break what we will yeah. do after the break is perhaps talk about um, you know the signs of a Ponzi scheme or a scam so because you just made an important point you just said that some of the scams model themselves after MLM after multi-level marketing right so multi-level marketing themselves in of itself not a scam but you have these scams that model themselves after multi-level marketing so how can people spot the difference how can people tell the difference that's that's a question that will come up after the break and the break um, you know is is going to take off in in about one minute so um it gives you time to um, formulate your answer again Lagos. if you just joined the show you're listening to hard facts on 99.3 nigeria info and i have on the show with me an investment analyst as well as a software developer both of whom have a lot of insight um, about how investments work, how um, investment scams work, and they're willing to share their insights for free on the show. It's amazing. I love it. This is Balogu abroad on 99.3 Nigeria Info. We're streaming live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3, YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. We're also available via WhatsApp, so feel free to drop your comments there. WhatsApp is 08095975805. And the numbers to call are 0700- 993-993-993 and 1465 I'm Sandra Ezekwassili Don't go away. 37 i'm sandra s zekwasili wednesdays at five we bring you a fantastic new segment it's called balogun and broad if you earn a living you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion-dollar valuation of Balogun Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high on Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum will spent on fuel, so on through hmm. was 4000 on Logo and Broad, Wednesdays at five. Today we're talking about investments. How do you know which one's a scam investment? How do you know you've simply made a bad investment? How do you know to not put your money where your money shouldn't go? Helping us answer those questions is an investment analyst as well as a software engineer who has a lot of insight to share on this subject. Justine Rabo is a software engineer and uh, Abimbola Omotala is an investment analyst. Uh, Gentlemen, before the break, I did mention that uh, we will come back with a question about why, uh, what exactly, number one, is a Ponzi scheme? I mean, last week, Abimbala explained what it was to us. You told us about Ponzi schemes. But since then, lots of people have been asking me um, the the same question. Sandra, what's a a Ponzi scheme? What's a a Ponzi scheme? So, So tell Lagos again what exactly a Ponzi scheme is. That's number one. And then number two... What are the telltale signs of a Ponzi scheme? Abimbola.
1: Thank you very much, Sandra. Uh, Just to go over what we said again last week, Ponzi schemes are essentially fraudulent investment schemes where money from new investors are used to, to pay holder investors without creating any value. And I, I like the analogy that Chunji uh, used to describe this last week. So I'm going to go over it again. Mm. So he said, if Mr. A uh, offers Mr. B mm. a very attractive investment, mm. and, then, um, and then he uses money from Mr. C to pay Mr. B with the hope that Mr. D will join the network and we will then use the, the money from Mr. G to pay Mr. C. Hmm. So essentially, you are using money from one investor to pay the other one, and you are not creating any value.
0: You know, some Nigerians so, are listening to you, and they're like, eh, what's so wrong with that? I could be the one that they pay with it. The- <laughs> I could be the Mr. A that uh, they use Mr. B's money to pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to people like that, what do you say, Abimbola?
1: So, the reality is that it's going to come onto roads so it, it cannot go, go on forever hmm. because that team or that structure relies on their always being an additional member to join the to join the, the pyramid team so that it can continue. And the day people stop joining that team, hmm. that's the day that pyramid will be collapsed. Hmm. So you don't want to be caught holding the bag. Which is why some
0: so, people will tell you, Oh, they get in early so that they can get out early.
1: Exactly. But it's very unpredictable. So hmm. you don't know when the music will stop. So the, 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 the best thing to do is to avoid it um, if you're an investor hmm. and rather invest in things that actually have value and offer value. Hmm. And I mean, in terms of the telltale side, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the one thing that is always constant with every Ponzi scheme is that they're going to offer you a very high return with very little risk. So to, they might tell you that also okay, are going to give you, let's say, a 100% guaranteed. That is, you are taking zero risk. It is guaranteed investment product. And I tell people, when you get, or, or, or when you see people soliciting you for funds, offering you guaranteed investment product, you have to investigate to understand where the returns will be coming from. Hmm. Like this magazine we have in investing or in finance, which says, the higher the returns, the higher the risk. So if somebody is offering you a 100% guaranteed return over the next six months, you should know that the kind of risk the person will be taking with that money will be excessive. In fact, there is value being created. So it's either going to be a fraudulent investment or the person is taking excessive risk with the money, which are not being sold. Hmm. So all these that at the back of your mind. The higher the return, hmm. the higher the risk. And in, in the risk-return spectrum, in investing, mm-hmm. we usually have, um, you know, a number of, uh, in, in, in the spectrum, mm-hmm. the person that has the lowest investment risk in any economy, mm-hmm. typically the government. Mm-hmm. So the government is the only person you can 100% bank on mm-hmm. to always give you your money back when you buy their financial, when you buy their debt security. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when, you get, when you buy a government steel or a government bond, mm-hmm. Typically, particularly in the local currency, the currency of the government, mm-hmm. so if the Nigerian government, if they are spending Naira security, Naira treasury bills, mm-hmm. or Naira bonds, typically in every economy, and the same with Nigeria, that security will have the lowest risk in that economy. Mm-hmm. Then followed by the A rated you know, corporate you know, such as, you know, mm-hmm. or, or Hempsey in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And there is an industry of risk, people we call risk agencies that analyze different metrics to determine, you know, what is the credit quality and the credit worthiness of this particular investment, investment. of this particular corporate mm-hmm. coming to sell debt security to the financial market. Mm-hmm. So typically in the risk-return spectrum, the government is the least risky followed by a great corporate. Now, if you come to Nigeria to be and you have the question: What is the government borrowing? We had a treasury bills auction last week, mm. and the government borrowed for one year treasury bill at a discount rate of nine point seven five percent for one year. Mm. Now, if somebody comes to you and tells you, "I want to guarantee you," that's a guarantee. You are taking zero risk. Mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing you five times what the government is borrowing, promising you fifty percent return within the same time horizon. Mm-hmm. The first thing you have to notice is that. That person is not taking excessive risk with your money, right? Mm-hmm. Or the person is or the business is an outside camp. So you need to investigate. What are you going to do with this money to get fifty percent return? That is guaranteed to me. That is I'm taking zero risk. Mm-hmm. It is not variable, it is fixed. Right? Mm-hmm. So the first the, the what the, the what positive teams typically rely on mm-hmm. so to generate a network is offering very high return, promising zero risk. So, for you not to fall victim, you have to recognize and ask yourself, you know, these high returns, Mm. where are they coming from? What is the government borrowing? The government is borrowing at the rate of 10%. The government is borrowing at the rate of, um, let's say, 40%. Mm -hmm. And somebody offers you 50% return. That's Mm. very feasible. So, if the person takes, you know, very minor risk and goes back down the credit spectrum, the person can do it. Mm -hmm. But the person is offering you five times or even three, four times the risk of borrowing, mm-hmm. then you need to ask for that person to investigate. So are you there saying
0: are you saying, Abimbola, that there are that there are no um, legit investment uh, vehicles that actually yield massive returns, really, really high returns? There are, but they're going to take risk. It's, it's not going to be guaranteed.
1: That, that's the point. So if the returns are very high, hmm. it's going to come with associated risk. So for instance, if you I mean, if, if you bought Nigerian, the aggregate basket of Nigerian stock, mm. you know if you take a basket of Nigerian stock mm-hmm. the broadest measure of mm-hmm. Nigerian stock, mm-hmm. which is the OCEA index mm-hmm. last year in 2020 it returned uh, 50% right? Uh, government securities in the same period returned way less uh, particularly the treasury bills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: now if you invested in treasury bills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Your money is more or less guaranteed. Government treasury bills, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you invested in Nigerian stocks, although the year ended up being good, mm-hmm. it wasn't guaranteed. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So last year, Nigerian so government, Nigeria stocks did 50%. Mm-hmm. But if you started the year, at the beginning of last year, nobody had an explanation that is going to happen. And if somebody had come to you to offer you an investment product based on Nigerian stock, right. the person will tell you that, okay, it's very possible for you to make, you know, on an annual basis, typically Nigerian stock to do between, you know, 10 and 50 percent, hmm. but it comes with a risk. So the person will enlighten you about the return prospect hmm. and the risk involved. Hmm. But when you are giving an investment with extremely high returns, guaranteed, with risk not be with, with the risk not being explained to you, mm-hmm. then you need to dig deeper to understand
0: what it is that this you're is putting your money into, right?
1: I'm right. taking the risk. Right. What is that risk, or is this a scam?
0: Mm. Um, Justin, are there some signs that uh, you think uh, Omotala left out?
1: Um, with respect to Ponzi schemes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think he basically covers it. Um, so. One thing is people need to know that Ponzi schemes will never be called Ponzi schemes. So, you know, don't get deceived by the nomenclature. Um, mm-hmm. Just as J.K. Rowling says, right, if you don't, never trust a thing that thinks, if you can see where it keeps its brain. And that's exactly in the case of Ponzi. Never trust a thing that promises you high yield results, mm-hmm. if you can see what it's selling mm-hmm. and how it plans to make that money back for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Abimbola mentioned, the reason why you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, buy into the... Because people, like you mentioned, Sandra, um, you did say that. People say, oh yeah, sure, it is, it's, a, it's a scam deal, but i be able to make money before it falls apart, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that you don't know the exact entry points. You, you don't know when you came in. You mm-hmm. might have come in at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't know where the bottom is, right? Mm-hmm. All the schemes in a world where we were like, infinitely humans, mm-hmm. right? If we were humans with no number, so we're like an infinite collection of humans, mm-hmm. Ponle Scheme will never collapse, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. there will always be another soccer mm-hmm. to join the ever-extending line. But right. now we don't know. There's no, there's no sucker. Um, I mean, there's a finite number of people. And so if you say, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen to me, they are, you, are, you, are, you have a lot of blind faith because you don't know how long the Ponzi Scheme has been going on. Before you I don't join. Know exactly, yes, you don't yeah. know exactly where you are in the whole... In, the, whole In the scheme of things, so, so you know you are you are you're not as smart. I are not gaming it as much as you think. You are a victim and you have no control, you
0: have no leverage at all and mm. uh, so you just don't do it, you know <laughs> just don't do it I like how he says just don't do it well <laughs> on, on WhatsApp we've got messages Olale Kom from Ikorodu says I'm a victim of this online investment I put over 200,000 in Rack Sterling, and it broke down in March he promised to pay back the capital since then and just last month he opened a new site for people to invest back till today we've not seen our money over 300 hundred thousand plus people are on the old platform please tell your guests if he can do more hard facts about the pioneer that's a message from uh, um, Olale from Ikurudu apparently the pioneer of Rack Sterling is called Chidi Bere. alright well thank you very much I don't think my guests can do any hard facts can, can, on... can I respond to this yeah sure please go ahead Okay. okay. Mm. so, so uh, last week I explained
1: this as well mm. so if you want to invest. Mm-hmm. So, it is your hard earned money. Mm. I mean, you've worked very hard for it. For the so money. It take you... Uh, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be too... You shouldn't be in a hurry... To give it away. ...for that money to use yeah. without doing some basic due diligence. Right. And there are two that are very, very important. The first one is know who you are investing with and know what you are investing in. When I say, know who you are investing in, you need to ask the first question. Financial services are heavily regulated all over the world, and for very good reasons. So you need to ask, the person I'm investing with, is the person regulated, right? And the easiest way to find out out about that is just to go online and check the SEC's website. Just put the search for, you know, SEC Nigeria, list list, list of capital market operators. So check, is the entity actually regulated by the securities regulator? If the person is, is, um, is regulated by the regulator, it puts a bit of, uh, the risk is relatively lower. You can still fall victim mm. to, to a scam, mm-hmm. but the risk is relatively lower compared to an unregulated entity. Mm. Now, if the person is unregulated, mm-hmm. like we have, so right now, there have a lot of digital upstarts, mm-hmm. you know, in the financial services industry mm-hmm. who are not yet fully regulated. but the regulator does not have, a, a, it does not fully understand their business, and mm-hmm. they are still trying to, they are trying to put up the appropriate regulatory framework to cover this. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, if the person is not yet, um, you know, fully regulated, mm-hmm. you should check if they have a trustee on board mm-hmm. who is representing your interest. So there is there is a, there is a very you know uh, strong trustee business that mm. we have in Nigeria. We have many trustee firms. Mm-hmm. So if the person is not regulated yet, the basic minimum will be that there will be a trustee, a trustee firm on board that is representing the interest of the investors, uh, you know, who are putting money in that particular product. Mm. So just check these two things to put your mind at peace uh, and I would recommend that, you know, whoever you are putting your money with should either be directly regulated or at least, you know, with a trustee on board. So if these two requirements are not fulfilled, they need to ask further questions. So, what are promoting this business? What's their credibility? Have they worked in financial services before? What's their years of experience? Hmm. Uh, do they have professional certification that could prove that they understand what they're investing in? So you need to ask all these basic questions. But the SEC would have done that job for you. Mm-hmm. It's actually investing in a regulated entity because mm-hmm. they make sure that the, that the regulated entities have the appropriate staff, uh, they have the personnel, they have the capital, they have the infrastructure to support that business. So the risk is lower with that category you know, of uh, investment funds. So that's the first thing I mentioned. Know who you are investing with. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, know what you are investing in. So you don't need to be, you know, an investment expert, you know, like myself, you know, or Justin or Sunji Andrew. You need to be an expert. And if you know that you don't have the the financial where we go or you don't have the time to do the due diligence of knowing what you are investing in, you can actually, you know, push your portfolio, you know, with an asset manager that's going to manage it for you on a discretionary basis. So the person we, you can handle of the portfolio, you know, once you have a proper asset manager, mm-hmm. you know, who is implementing a discretionary managed accounts for you. So so many investment uh, investment managers they have that product. We do have chapel then. So that's one thing you can do. So the other thing you can do if you cannot do that due diligence is to probably put your money with the digital funds that have global advisory services. So with robo advisory services um, so it's just a, it's just another way of uh, financial advisory. Mm. So they're going to profile your your risk uh, your, your your risk um, your risk appetite mm-hmm. um, and the kind of risk you can bear based on some questions they're going to ask you. So if they understand based on those questions that you are a very highly risk averse person, you cannot take risk, mm. they will recommend a portfolio for you mm-hmm. that fits into that risk profile. Mm-hmm. If they could deduce from those questions that you are risk loving or you can take with then they're going to you know recommend a portfolio for you that fits that risk profile. Essentially all towards the all towards the objective, you know, of you achieving your investment goals. So essentially don't forget these two things. Know who you are investing your money with, uh and know exactly what you are investing in
0: all right Uh, i think that does justice to the subject but i think i'll take a final call and then we have to wrap uh hello to you thank you for calling us hello sorry about that okay let's try and take this call here hello hello how are you what's your name i'm sorry my name is becky becky do you have questions about investments Not really. I want to play just a minute. We're not playing just a minute yet, but thank you for calling Becky. All right, gentlemen, I think that's my cue to let you both go. But I know that this is a conversation we're we're going to need to have again. So um I'll come and knock on your doors and say, I beg, come back to my show and talk about this again. Because there's uh there's at least a million people who are listening here in Lagos and there's tens of thousands of Nigerians in other states listening to the show, and a lot of them are thinking about where to invest their money, who to invest their money with, what to invest in, but they don't know the first thing about investing, right? And and that's one of the reasons a lot of people fall for these camps in the first place, because like Justin said, financial and investment literacy is low. So um, perhaps the next time I have you guys on, I, when I, I'll beg you off air, uh, we're going to walk them through it. We're going to have them ask, you know, teach them some of the questions that they should be asking before investing. Thankfully, Abimbala has done such a great job telling you what some of those questions should be off- Already. But Abimbola Omotola, thank you for your time. Justin Rabo, thank you very much for your time. Thank
1: you. Thank you.